0: Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. I'm a great-age
1: newspaper uniform man, and I do
0: believe I want them candy. I have do day out of here. It's too cold. That's a cold. I'm a funny how I'm funny like a Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! I made a crazy risk, a gamble, and it's about to pay off. Hello and welcome to Little Marty, the only podcast on the internet that used to be dedicated to uh, Adam Sandler and Martin Scorsese, but is now uh, solely dedicated to the works of Adam Sandler. My name is Eric Halloween.
1: And my name is Jeremy Howie Gems. I like it. What's happening? (laughs) If I'm a little low energy today, it's because I had surgery on my mouth, folks. Four wisdom teeth ripped out of my head against my will.
0: And I got got four put in, so if I sound a little, (laughs) uh, you know... (laughs) A little low energy, (laughs) it's because I have extra uh, wisdom teeth now. That's right. Do you feel less smart now that you don't have as many wisdom teeth?
1: I feel less happy. Okay. I'll tell you that. Interesting. Much less happy, yeah. Uh, Mostly just because I'm in an insane amount of pain, but, you know, podcasts about Adam Sandler stop for no man. No. You know what I mean? No.
0: No. Uh, except for, um, Marty Scorsese.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know. Oh, boy. But yeah, no, it was it was terrible. I had to go completely under. I had to, you know what I mean? Like, under complete anesthesia.
0: That's, uh... I, I, I remember when, uh, my... I believe my mom was with me when I got my wisdom teeth taken out. And, um... Mm-hmm. I right. don't remember if she told me this after or if this is something that I remember from like right before I went under uh, mm-hmm. when the stuff was, the anesthesia was kicking in is I told the, uh, it's not a nurse, but like the um, dental assistant, whatever you would call them, Uh I told her she was pretty. <laughs> oh, great.
1: Yeah. That's kind of you. Very nice.
0: Like, you know, I was I was like a teenager and she was like in her 30s and just like way out of my league but
1: uh yeah and just absolutely fell in love with you Exactly I uh I told all the nurses they were pretty before I went under
0: See that's and uh Let's
1: just say I woke up in a lot of pain
0: Yeah I well you know that's what happens <laughs> Yeah Um so speaking of pain uh hmm I don't, that's not a good segue but uh <laughs> well, I guess you know what? this is a this movie is a painful experience for the uh, the main character. I'll tell you that. How are you? Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah,
1: also a thrill. Oh yeah, you know.
0: So uh, yeah, we finally reached the uncut Gems episode. I think this is probably one we were both uh, excited to to get into. If you're new to the podcast, um, you're jo- joining us <laughs> right at the end of our Sandler uh, and Scorsese coverage, but uh, you know what? The podcast will go on, um, and we have... The good news, if you're listening to this, is we've already recorded episodes on every Adam Sandler movie except for uh, Murder Mystery 2, which will be our final Sandler <laughs> episode next week. Yeah. Um,
1: wow. And we're, and then we're done, Eric. Can you believe it? It's
0: uh, kind of crazy. I'm running out of um, space for tattoos. Every time we cover the work of another director or actor, I get their face tattooed to my body somewhere.
1: Their face, yeah, yeah, I love it. Not a quote, <laughs> a face. No, their face.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, right, yeah. Sandler's got a lot of characters. I'm trying to figure out which one. Uh, yeah, I might go with Opera Man. Is Opera Man problematic? Yeah, that's a
1: good one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, you can make fun of Italians, it's fine.
0: Um, great, because... I'm gonna get Opera Man tattooed on my arm. Uh yeah, so anyway, uh we're we're gonna talk about uncut gems pretty soon here. Uh, but before that, we do have a uh, a Patreon over at patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. Um I'll say this, Jeremy. I'll say this, and this is news this is news to you. Um, but obviously we are uh, nearing the end of our Sandler and Scorsese's and we're we're gonna we're gonna rebrand. We're gonna. We, we've got new things on the horizon. Um, I, I think there's gonna be like probably a month, Jeremy, uh, after the murder mystery episode, we, we might not have uh, some regular episodes because I want to take some time to um, to really, you know, we gotta update see everything. More vacation, yeah.
1: sort of see the world a
0: bit. Yeah, see the world, and also update our cover art <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Um, come up yeah, with a new name. A little- yeah. Um, me
1: and Eric are coming to, are going to Cancun for a year. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: what we that's that's where we yeah. get our best thinking <laughs> done. Uh Yeah. And uh yeah, so uh there will be like a sl- a little bit of a, a break in episode regular episodes, but Jeremy the the Patreon that ain't going nowhere. That thing's we we're, we're going to be loading that thing up. We're uh starting a uh Spielberg series. We're going to watch all the Spielbergs. Uh we do all sorts of crazy uh Stuff in the summer, of course. Summer horror. Fan requests, listener requests. I always I I feel uncomfortable calling listeners fans, but I I do it sometimes.
1: I mean they are our fans and they're our servants.
0: Yeah, we do force them to hold those big leaves in front of us and Mm hmm. um, Yeah.
1: To fan us they're talking about fanning us with leaves with the big leaf. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
0: um But anyway, Patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy is where you can go. And y- you get in there, you get access to, you know, years and years worth of bonus content. And you can, you know, there's a tier where you can make us do an episode on any movie that you'd like. There is uh, all sorts of weird stuff over there. I'm just going to say it. Um, Jeremy, yeah? you know, Jeremy, uh, when, he, when he plugs the Patreon, he likes to say we put our hair down. And I, I'd have to agree, you know. Um yeah. right now I don't know if you can hear it, but my face skin is screaming because my hair is pulled up into like a very tight uh bun. That's right.
1: Yeah, your face skin. <laughs> yes,
0: my face skin is you could probably hear that it's pretty tight right now. But uh Yeah, right. I let that bun go, uh, on the on the bonus episodes we record after these and uh so you'll get to hear it, you know. You'll you'll hear both of us with our hair down. We'll, we'll it'll be a great time. It's patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy.
1: That's correct. That's correct. Go meet us over there. Have a good time, you know? Yes. Freaking rock out.
0: Um You know it's weird. You you have a reason for being low energy. I just kinda feel like tired, I think, or something.
1: Oh. Well, it also could be I'm Rubbing off on
0: you? No, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> um, let's see here. I I'm excited though, Jeremy. We are talking about uncut gems. I know you've seen this movie. Have you seen this movie one time, multiple times before this?
1: I saw it once in the theater when it when it came out. Um, at the uh, the Los Feliz Three. And I want to say it was one of the last movies we saw before the pandemic. That was like a, yeah. It, yeah. Cause this came out in like late 2019, I believe. And uh, yeah. So then um, and I never saw it again. I loved it. Like I, I had a ball in the theater.
0: That, uh, I, I always forget that you bring a football into movies with you.
1: Yeah, I had a I and it's a, a giant inflatable football That's too. So
0: kind of disruptive. Yeah,
1: but. I had a I had one big ball <laughs> in the theater, but no, I had a great time, loved it. Um. But then, with all movies, I think I fall in love with like that. Like I did this with Hereditary as well. I just, I didn't watch it again for a long, long, long time.
0: Yeah, I had the- I Just let it really sit. I had a similar experience. I I, I definitely saw this one in theaters, and it's weird because I can, I have like an encyclopedic memory of movies I've seen at the theater. Like, I I don't know. I Some things like, uh, you know, people's birthdays, yeah. I, I can't recall for the life of me, but I can tell you where I was sure. when I saw the movie Constantine when I was 13 <laughs> in a movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I can't remember right. where I saw Uncut Gems. I know I saw it in a theater. Saw it one time, just like you, and uh, loved it. Also, uh, and yeah. here's the mark of a of a good movie is I. I mean, obviously, it's been like three years or something, two two and a half years. Uh, I like remembered everything, which is kind of oh, crazy, yeah. and it's because this movie is like extremely suspenseful <laughs> like it's from the very yeah, it's beginning traumatizing. it's insane it's
1: it's like it's like a it's like traumatizing yeah like i don't know how to say that in, in a good way <laughs> like it's it's absolutely incredible it's a masterpiece it's also just like it's very arresting you know like it's a it's kind of an unforgettable and a really cool movie, too. I think this movie is really cool. This movie's got a really cool backstory. Got a lot of really cool things going on in it. And at the helm is Sandler, who's d- doing a performance of a lifetime. I mean, this is, like, this is one of my favorite on-screen performances of all time. Sandler has two of those for me. The first one, <laughs> Spanglish. <laughs> and the second one, this. No, uh, Punch Drunk and this are two of my favorite on-screen performances, like, of all time.
0: This movie like is gonna stay like one of the best, uh, I, for it a while. Well, like pun, sure. similar to like Punch Drunk Love, it'll, it'll have like a niche, you know. But there'll people are gonna be uh, this the 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 for uh, definitely not for me and probably not for a lot of people. The uh, what's it called? Like the. Uh, 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 Appeal is the wrong word. I don't know. What I'm trying to say is this movie. This movie is very good and original. And um, yeah, so it's a this is our first Safdie brothers movie that we've covered. I actually don't know like a ton about them. I know they're like New York people. Um, and actually, Scorsese, what did he not produce? He this did movie? produce this. This yeah. is
1: this is the this is where Scorsese and Sandler kiss. Well, their careers quit. kiss.
0: Yeah, and they they also um, kiss in yeah. the uh, and they, they also bonus kiss. features on the DVD.
1: In a deleted scene, he comes into the jewelry store and they just kiss. Uh, but no, I was really I was really excited to see that because I had forgotten that it's exec it's executive produced by Martin Scorsese. Not quite sure what that means, but you know it it or what like kind of like what he had to do with the movie. O- only because I you know I I have the Criterion copy of this. Mm film 4k don't want to brag uh watched all the bonus features of course loved it all the supplements loved it uh learned a lot about the movie learned a lot about the making of this movie this movie is like it's the safty brothers movie you know what i mean like it's uh they made this themselves like literally benny safty h- held the boom mic mm. <laughs> like like they are they were up in this movie that there. It was a kind of a closed set, like a very sh- a small set too, so not a lot of outside influence. You know, just the actors, the crew, very small crew, and them. You know, um. So it, it's hard to know if if Sc- what Scorsese did. Maybe he just brought clout or whatever, but um, but yeah, the Safties are these New York sort of punk rock gangster filmmaker guys like they have a very rough edge to them to their content the stuff they make you know they're but they're film fanatics they're film they're like two little tarantino yeah they know everything about it's weird
0: when i like listen to interviews with them and stuff uh they are very like cool like modern version of like they just they're not they just like uh what's it called they have they're able to make movies in a way that are that is like just from like a filmmaking standpoint uh are mm-hmm. are just like technically very good but they have this like uh I'm having trouble thinking of words um, the, it has this sort of like uh modern uh shine to it though you know what I mean like the um the Kunkka gems has a lot of really great, just like classic filmmaking techniques, but then also like the score is something that I think of as being like a very modern and unique take. Yeah. Um. You know, there's this weird thing that they do with like they know what they're doing. Like this movie is a lot of it is handheld, I believe. Um, right. And it you could tell that it's very intentional and it it, i i i think that they they make certain choices that are uh i don't know good it's like you know how people um like with any art form it's like you know everyone respects the uh the original people to do it and like the people Mm -hmm. along the line along the line that have like you know done a good job of like being innovative with that art form um, and yeah. there's people that just kind of copy what is, you know, whatever is like the popular artistic choices. And then there's people like the safties who do like a do t- have have like a fresh perspective. I guess is the word. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's very difficult. I, I would imagine to like make a movie or multiple movies at this point in uh, history mm-hmm. and be able to do something that is like legitimately original feeling.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, 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 it's like really, uh, you, you watch the film and it, 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 it feels so they have this like way, this technique of making everything just feel very natural, very organic as well. Like the, you know, these scenes are shot and staged and there's takes multiple takes, but, because they're filming it in such a schizophrenic sort of, you know, a frenetic way, you know, where shots are sort of bleeding into each other and it's, it's unclear where the camera is in the room at any given moment. Um, It just feels like you're really there. Like you're really walking with Howard. You're really in the jewelry store with them. It puts you right up close to the action. And for a movie that is, On this high of an octane you know like that's really an important thing so it's important to feel like you're on the ride with howard and they really nail like every part of it um there and there's so much from the second viewing that i of course remembered everything too you know there's so many iconic moments but there's also moments that smaller moments that i kind of forgot like the like, there's some, there's some scenes that have, like, genuine sweetness to them, you know? And, uh, like, his relationship with Julia Fox mm-hmm. uh, when he's hiding in the closet, you know? And she's taking pictures yeah. or whatever. Like, I was like, this is a really sweet scene that I didn't remember at all <laughs> from... I just remember it as being a nightmare. <laughs> but, you know, there is... There are moments where you get to take a breath and enjoy the characters and, and genuinely... Fall in love with Howard, as a person. You know, he's so off-putting and terrible. Of course, his character's supposed to be, but but you can't help but really like the guy too. And that's a that's a huge feat.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because he's such a scumbag. But then, like at the end, I mean, I don't know what your reaction is, but I, I imagine like, you know, I, it. I, hopefully you've seen the movie if you're listening to this. If not, spoiler alert. Yeah, he, right. Uh, yeah, spoilers. Yeah, you know, sure. gets shot and killed uh, at the end. And um, it's it's just like this weird thing where I was like, oh man, damn it, he's dead. But like the whole time, I I'm know. like, wait, this guy is like a scumbag. Um, sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's
1: he he's a scumbag, but he he has something inherently human about him that I think a lot of people relate right. I definitely remember relating to his ambition, feeling like, yeah, that is what it's like to really want to do something big. It's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, he's one of those guys, one of those characters who just like can't help himself also. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, my favorite scene in the movie, I mean, we'll get to it, but it's the scene where he has a chance to make it all right and he just goes the other way with uh, Garnett in the office. You know, when he's like, he gets the money, all is well. He's going to pay off all the people he's in debt to, you know, wash his hands of everything, and instead he gives the money to Julia Fox and places the bet on Kevin Garnett. You know what I mean? Like, that moment is just so crucial. And the Safties talk about it in interviews. They talk about, you know, how the audiences, when they would screen it, they would lean into the screen. Because he kept making choices that no rational person would make. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the magic of his character, you know, is that, is that everybody in the, watching it is making choices on behalf of Howard. They're like, based on what they would do. And instead he just, (laughs) he just goes the other way. And And it drives me nuts to watch it. You know what I mean? Because it's so, you just want him to do the right thing. But, he never does. It's great.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, so this is inspired by uh, the Safdie's, uh brothers' father, who worked as a uh, he worked in the diamond district. Um, man, what a crazy! I guess he was like similar to Howard, or you know, one of those guys who's like goes around. I don't know if he was like selling diamonds or what have you.
1: I think he was a, They say he's a runner. A runner, whatever that Yeah. Means. Yeah, so he might have been like a, one of the guys who worked for Howard, like just kind of maybe like a delivery guy. Is what I imagined he was, but um, but yeah, I I, it's, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's just such like a weird uh, w- world that I just didn't even know existed. I've never like. Tried to buy a diamond, I guess, but like, right. it like it just seems it, it's it it seems so like seedy and like excessive and 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 I don't know. It's weird. It's like he's. I think that's maybe something to it too. Uh, to this movie too is it's sort of presenting this like other life that I'm sure a lot of other people weren't aware of. Where this, uh, his shop, Howard's shop, is like you know this high security like uh place where he's got these vaults and all this expensive stuff some of it i guess counterfeit um but right. it's like a legitimate business but it's also it seems like it's run by like the mob or something at the same time it's very right
1: weird. yeah yeah right um
0: so anyway uh let's see Safties were insistent on shooting on 35 millimeter and they took a pay cut. Yeah. That's cool.
1: It looks great. Look, the film looks great. Um, it's benefited greatly by being shot on film. It's shot by Darius, uh, Kanji, who shot the movie seven. (laughs) So, yep. Pretty good looking film.
0: (laughs) I forgot about (laughs) seven. I gotta watch that again. Um,
1: yeah, he shot. Uh, I mean, he shot a bunch of stuff that is great. You know, Amor, uh, Oakjaw, Jaw. <laughs> um, Some of the best looking films in the world. He's he's shot, but Seven being, I think, one of my favorite.
0: I remember one of the interviews I listened to. I I, I don't know which Safdie brothers was was talking about this, but he mentioned. Um, they were at uh was it cans or one of the other festivals where they were trying sandler was there uh with the movie as well and um i think this is when good time came out um or was you know doing the festival and they tried to uh get in touch with sandler to like you know meet with them and, and, and chat a little bit. Um, and he said he didn't have uh, he didn't have time or whatever because he was with his family and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and I guess apparently, like Sandler had seen Good Time, and uh, later on, you know, uh, in time, and he called them and said, uh, uh, "This is Sandler or whatever." And I guess they knew another Sandler um, who is like a director of photography or some something like some guy with the last name Sandler. So they were like which sandler and he said the famous one and then they were like well we know this guy who's kind of a famous photographer or whatever and he he was like no the the more famous one
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) but
0: i love that man imagine like the sandman seeing your movie and just just, like calling you to be be a part of it it's interesting it's especially him because it's like he doesn't he just doesn't do it that often, you know. Like he doesn't. I mean, obviously, he makes a ton of movies, but he's not like. I wonder what it's like for him to like go into a movie like this. If it's um, more of a, uh, I'd imagine it's more stressful or or just like more of a, an investment than doing like a grown ups movie or something. You know what I mean
1: yeah it, well for he takes he took a, a pay cut I mean he's a 20 million dollar actor Sandler is that's what it says here in IMDB anyway took a pay cut uh the whole budget of the film was 19 million dollars um he I, I, I would be so curious for someone to ask Sandler when he's watching good time what made him want to do this movie with them? about watching good time because good time is have you seen good time yeah I, yeah it is rough it is like a rough yeah, ride. it's definitely not a you good I mean? time <laughs> no it's not a good time at all and and so sandler it just kind of sh- goes to show you what kind of guy sandler is that he watches that movie and goes like i gotta work with these guys yeah like that's crazy like I, i'd be to be honest with you when I saw good time, I, that I became afraid of the safety. <laughs> I, uh, you know yeah. what I mean? They, they, it's a scary movie. I didn't
0: know what I was gonna, what I was getting into. And, um, I remember I saw it at the Los Feliz three and, uh, yeah, it was one of those movies where it was, I remembered hearing, you know, some buzz about it. And then afterwards being like, I don't know what I thought of that. I, 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 I that is one that i have to go back and revisit like after uncut gems because right i don't know it's i guess maybe with some directors or whatever like having that the the perspective of like this movie um right a little bit more of an idea of like what their style is um versus going in cold to good time because yeah i i agree with you actually like i when i saw good time for the first time if you would have told me that like sandler called the director of the movie and was like put me in your film or whatever yeah. i would have been uh pretty surprised but uh yeah i don't know again haven't seen that movie since it came out so yeah. but he's coming back i mean they're doing another uh doing another movie with with sandler Untitled,
1: yeah. I'm interested, uh, what, what that's gonna be because this is this was such a great thing, but you almost kind of want them to not work together again or something. Like, I kind of want to see what the Safties do next without Sandler. I know that sounds kind of weird, but it's I think it's just because I mean, it's probably gonna be great no matter what it is, but it, it might, you know, punch drunk, you know, they work together once, sort of part ways. Um, you know, you don't want the movie to be worse, I guess.
0: Right. Um, Yes, indeed. Uh, One thing that I thought was kind of crazy about the story, because so it's set in 2012 and I guess like all the NBA stuff, like the actual games and like the, the scores and all the, you know, details are real, so they had to, like, write around that. And I guess uh, they had wanted a different uh, NBA player. Uh, Because Kevin Garnett is the the guy in the movie, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Kevin Garnett. Yes, they had wanted another uh, NBA player, and there was a period of time where they were actually, I guess, like considering different NBA players and we're having to like sort of, you know, alter the script, which sounds like it was very annoying to just like a very tedious thing to have to do because they had to like make sure that the timeline matched up with, you know, the games and all of the logistics of, of that, which I thought was interesting because I guess, uh, the you know, the safeties are NBA people or, uh, basketball fans. Um,
1: well it, it's it's crazy they'd been working on the script for 10 years um, when they finally shot the movie and in that time the the basketball player kept changing because they would get a deal with like LeBron James and then and then change it all to LeBron James specifics and then he would drop out or never was attached and then they would it took you know so whenever they would get a new basketball player you know and it looked like the movie was a go, they would retool the whole script for them. Mm. It, it, so yeah, it, they said there was hundred and fifty-six drafts <laughs> of uncut gems before they shot it. That's um, it's, that's so awesome too, though. The way and the, and they folded the weekend into it too. So like, because the weekend was attached to the movie, and they had to like they had to get a basketball player who like. Would have been at this point in their career in 2012, at the same year the weekend shows up in New York yeah. City <laughs> from Canada. Like, it's so, so it's like, it, it's all these things had to happen seamlessly. Yeah.
0: What's interesting about that to me is like, me as someone who doesn't know anything about basketball or the weekend. I like this that all of those scenarios could have been fake and I wouldn't have cared. You know what I mean? And I think it kinda rules that right. they're like that focused on the details. Um you know, I wonder I I I wonder how many people watching Uncut Gems were like, Oh, interesting. That's actually like the exact way that this you know uh This went this went. Yeah. <laughs> but uh
1: yeah, I don't know. I I'm not a sports fan like that, so I wouldn't know. But it, it's it's cool knowing that there's that much care
0: in it. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, any like uh background stuff you want to talk about? No, let's get into it. All right. It. So, uh, in 2010, Ethiopian Jewish miners retrieve a rare black opal from the Welo mine in Ethiopia. Um let's, I mean, first sentence didn't get very far, but let's talk about this uh, setup uh, a little bit because I think it's uh, very necessary. I think that the, I don't know, it's weird. It, 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 sometimes like a, an opening sequence like this, I will just forget about or whatever, but for whatever reason, this one's, was effective enough where like throughout the entire movie I'm thinking like, okay, and this all like this thing that is causing all of this chaos came from like this situation in Ethiopia where these like poor people are like mining for you know, gems and shit. Um mm-hmm. I don't know, what do you what what did you think of the opening sequence?
1: Oh, I love it. I think it's great. I think I think the uh the opening is so it's so it starts in a place that you don't expect for sure and then I love the going you know zooming into the gem yeah and then coming out the colonoscopy
0: that <laughs> opening that man that sequence is wild um really good stuff it's one of yeah. those like you know like the thing in two th- 2001 there's you know that that whole right. monolith thing like
1: it's got like uh that great score like you were saying from 1.10 point, one oh point what's her, what's it called 10 oh point mate, matrix or whatever uh, uh, uh yeah Daniel L- Lopatin from uh one point uh 1 1 tricks point never hmm. Yeah anyway
0: wait that's great the name band. of the uh composer's band or what
1: yeah, so uh, one tricks point never, or OPN, is like a band. I've been listening to them for years, and he just he just, but he's like a he's like an electronic sort of artist, mm-hmm. and he like collaborates with the staff. Nice.
0: Yeah. Um. Twenty twelve, gambling addict Howard Ratner runs KMH, a jewelry store in New York City's Diamond District. Uh, Howard struggles to pay off the gambling debts, which include $100,000 he owes to Arno, his loan shark, brother-in-law. His domestic life is split between his wife, uh, uh, Dina, Dina Menzel, by the way, who has agreed to divorce after Passover, and his girlfriend, Julia, a KMH employee. I think we like get a pretty good sense of the chaos of Howard's life <laughs> pretty early, pretty early on. Yeah,
1: the, the the opening sequence is good about that. It, it, you totally get just dropped into, and I was real, and I was realizing as watching like how much information you get in such a short amount of time that that's going to come back later that you're going to need to know. You know, it just all seems like chaos, but it's actually pretty delicately crafted.
0: Yeah, and then at the same time, we're seeing we're being introduced to this character that is is unlike anything sandler's done before and is right. just really like weird <laughs> and good yeah <laughs> like it's just yeah uh, there's no other character like him but uh yeah so his uh howard's business associate uh Mani brings basketball star kevin garnett to kmh While he is there, the opal, which Howard had smuggled in, arrives. Uh, Garnett becomes obsessed with it, insisting on holding on to it for good luck uh, at his game that night. Uh, Howard reluctantly agrees, demanding Garnett's 2008 NBA championship ring as collateral.
1: Yeah. And uh, their sort of um, bridge is Lakeith Stanfield's character, Uh, Damani. Yes. Um, who is great in the movie.
0: Um, After Garnett leaves, Howard pawns the ring, placing a six-way parlay on him playing uh, extraordinarily well in that night's game, which he does. Yeah, this is the point in the movie where the viewer is like, you idiot, (laughs) what are you doing?
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's insane, yeah. Um,
0: The next day, Damani... Uh, says that Garnett still has the opal angering him. Uh, Howard is ambushed uh, at his daughter's school play by Arno and his mafia handlers, Phil and Nico. His winning bet should have won him six six 600000 but Arno placed a stop on the bet as it was made with money Howard owed him. Yeah, just to see his, like... Um, I'd imagine, like, that... The rush, like, just the euphoria that a gambling addict like Howard probably gets from winning, you know, 600 grand or whatever, winning this big stupid oh, yeah. bet that he made. Um, I feel like we get, like, I don't know, Sandler, I feel like Sandler just nails it, um, you know. Yeah. Because I, I, I felt for him when he finds out about that. The, that they, they put the stop, stop the on bet. the bet.
1: yeah. I know it's heartbreaking. You're like, and that would have ended the movie right there. Right. I mean, it probably wouldn't have because Howard will never quit. You know, but um, it it's at least seemed like a way out.
0: Um, Phil and Nico strip Howard naked and lock him in the trunk uh, of his car, forcing him to call Dina for help. Uh, Howard meets Damani at a nightclub party hosted by r&b singer the weekend to retrieve the opal but learns that garnett still has it uh this scene is pretty awesome visually uh oh yeah the party yeah i like the choice of uh having damani wearing that uh like orange Orange. sweatshirt (laughs) yeah
1: yeah it's cool
0: um Howard finds Julia snorting cocaine in a bathroom with the weekend, and believing they were having sex, gets into a fight with him, uh, feeling betrayed. Howard confronts Julia and demands that she move out of his apartment.
1: That's one of my favorite scenes: is them fighting in on the street. <laughs> right. Like it's so chaotic, and Julia Fox, not somebody I necessarily care about outside of this film, does a really good job. in in this role, like, screaming at him as he's trying to get in the cab. For sure,
0: and, like, screaming at the people in line, like, that's why you're in line or whatever. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Also, (laughs) there's something about, like, Howard, uh, there's just something about, like, him and his, like, age and, uh, I don't know, Mm -hmm. the way it just... He doesn't fit. Yeah, she should not be in like that <laughs> setting at all. It's just like weird <laughs> to begin with. Um, it's funny. It like I, I get it adds to the patheticness a little bit. I guess I don't know. But uh, anyway, Garnett returns the Opal uh, before an auction, uh, offering to purchase it for one hundred seventy-five thousand. But Howard refuses as he believes it is worth much more. Garnett demands his ring back, but Howard lies that it's at his house. After Garnett leaves in dismay, Howard berates Damani for allowing Garnett to hold on to the opal for so long. Uh, incensed, Damani quits, trashing Howard's office. After an awkward Passover dinner, Dina rejects Howard's plea to give their marriage another chance. Uh, just before the auction starts, Howard discovers the Opal has in fact been appraised for significantly less than his initial uh, estimate of $1 million. He convinces <laughs> his father-in-law, Gooey, uh, to bid on the gem to drive up the price, but the back uh, plan backfires when Garnett fails to top uh, Gooey's final bid. A furious Gooey gives Howard the Opal before Arno... Phil and Nico assault him outside the auction house. He returns to KMH bloody, and in tears, Julia confronts him, Uh and uh, they reconcile.
1: Yeah, this is the famous crying meme scene. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Where he's, I don't know what to do. Nothing's going right. Man. It's, uh, It's quite a bit like... I don't remember that scene being as funny as I thought it was this time around. This time around I was it was I found it to be pretty humorous. In the theater I remember thinking like, "Oh god, like it is all falling apart." But this time around I think because I just know the movie more. I was chuckling Yeah. pretty good.
0: Um yeah, I th- I had a I had a few more chuckles this time around too. Um Howard learns Garnett still wants to buy the Opal, so he pays him at KMH with cash. Although Howard could repay his debt to Arno, he asks Julia to put the cash in a three-way parlay on Garnett having Mm -hmm. a strong performance. Arno, Phil, and Nico arrive at KMH just before Garnett leaves, but before they enter Howard's office, Julia escapes. The thugs uh, find and threaten him while she goes by helicopter to the Mohegan Sun Casino to place the bet. (laughs) Nuts. Arno tells Howard to call Julia and cancel it, but he refuses. Furious, the three attempt to pursue her, but Howard locks them uh, between the store's security doors. He watches the game on television, taunting the the three by pointing out their courtside mob associates while they remain trapped.
1: So it's such a weird... So... uh first of all my favorite scene is that Howard you know this is how I win scene with Garnett um you know doesn't that don't you hate that doesn't that make you want to fucking kill them <laughs> <laughs> such a great line and then the idea that he's gonna he's gonna trap them in the security doors man I gotta say like that is such an impressive story beat to me like I, I uh I I remember thinking, like, no way is that weird thing going to come back, like, as some big, important plot device. Yeah. The fact yeah. that the doors won't open. <laughs> yeah, they
0: do a good job of setting that up um, earlier in the movie. And, yeah, it's crazy. It's like it, it's like he's got these people, it's like the climax of the movie, and he's got the, you know, I guess uh, villains is the wrong word, but, like, the people who are after him, uh, he's got them. Yeah. You know, they're stuck.
1: Specifically trapped. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. It's um, like, also the f- idea that the climax of your movie is going to be in this tight little area. You know what I mean? Like no big set piece, just small. <laughs> it's all what's actually happening that's driving the tension, right? And what's going on? Yeah.
0: Pretty good. Uh, the Boston Celtics win the game, earning Howard one point two million dollars. Ecstatic, he frees the three thugs, but in enraged, Phil shoots Howard in the face, killing him instantly. Arno protests before attempting to escape, leading Phil to shoot him in the head or shoot him dead as well. Uh, Julia leaves the casino with Howard's winnings as Phil and Nico lose the store. And uh, yeah.
1: Hmm. That ending, I remember being shocked. Like, the whole theater just gasped.
0: Yeah, it's pretty, uh...
1: It sucks.
0: It sucks. And it's weird how, like, unexpected it is, too. You know what I mean? Um, Right. This time around, I was like, well, yeah, of course they're gonna kill him. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's...
1: They do a good job, though, of, like, making... Whoever's playing Phil, he's a really good actor. And they do a good job of he he does a really good job of making his face look just confusing enough to be like he's obviously really pissed, but it almost looks like he's coming around on Howard. Right. You know, while he's trapped in the in the room. But then yeah. No.
0: <laughs> um Yeah, so anyway, that is uh Uncut Gems. Starring Adam Sandler. Yeah. Um
1: gosh, I wish my gums were uncut.
0: That's pretty good. The, uh, it took me a second to do it. <laughs> then I remembered you got your wisdom teeth pulled. So uh yeah. Wisdom yeah. teeth,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um that would have been a good joke to say at the uh at the dentist when you were there. Like
1: Oh god, yeah.
0: Um anyway. Uh I will uh I'll go first this time Jeremy. I will uh, give my final thoughts on Uncut Gems and uh this movie Rules. It's really good. Um you know, I can't uh nothing I don't like about it. Uh it's one of those movies that uh I'll see I'll definitely see it again, but it's like I'm not going to be throwing on Uncut Gems once a year, you know what I mean, just because uh it's Yeah nuts. It's like it's I think I mentioned on the last episode that I was like, I'm gonna need to really like make sure I'm in a good headspace when I watch this one again because uh yeah, I mean everyone says this about it, but it's just like anxiety (laughs) like throughout the whole the whole thing. It's just uh it's crazy. So um you know I'm a big suspense fan. I think this is suspense at its finest. I think Sandler knocked it out of the park. It's just great. I I you know, I'll have to give it uh 4 out of 4 Chucky Freckles. is what I will give yeah. it. Yeah. What about you? Jay? Probably
1: surprising uh no one. I'm also giving it a 4 out of 4. I think this is like a pretty close to a perfect ish movie, you know? I think the script is perfect. I think the execution is flawless. I I could definitely understand it not being everyone's cup of tea. It is very stressful. It is very edgy. It says the f-word. It's like the fourth it wins like f- the the movie like the fourth most said f-word movie or whatever. Wow. Um yeah, it's uh it's it's definitely not a cozy experience, but if you can get on the film's wavelength, there's some, it's really special. There's something really special here. Um, so, yeah, four out of four. Great stuff.
0: Uh, speaking of great stuff, next episode we are covering Murder Mystery 2. and uh,
1: Yeah, the follow-up to Uncut yes, Gems. Yes,
0: the uh, unofficial sequel to Uncut Gems, Murder Mystery 2. Um, and you know, Jeremy, who knows between this week and next, uh, Sandler might release another movie. So, um, I hesitate to say this, but I think next week will be our last Sandler episode. Uh, so, uh, you're going to want to be there. You're going to want to be there. And you're also going to want to be over at, uh, the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. Um, and if you like what you hear, go on your podcast app and, uh, you know, give us a, give us a good rating. Uh, thanks for listening and Norma. I'll see you in my dreams.